Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Okay, so tell me, has this ever happened to you? You decide you want to try to be more productive. You're really committed to stop getting distracted and being more productive. And so you head over to the very uh, reliable resource that is Google, and you start looking up ways to do that, tips on how to manage your time, ways to eliminate distraction, how to schedule your weeks, all the things. You even get a planner because you are really stinking determined this time. You write down a detailed to-do list, and you actually begin to check almost everything off in that first week or so. You do it the next week and you might not get quite as much done, but you manage to stick to it as much as possible. You do this for a handful of weeks, but before you know it, you're back to being distracted, frustrated, and again, unproductive. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) If it does sound familiar, welcome to the club. Me too. I have been in your shoes. So in this episode, I want to walk you through a few different ways that you can structure your week to really meet your needs in one season to another. Our lives are constantly changing. And I think we in the world of being productive, if you are a go-getter, you know, big dreamer, busy bee like me, think it's so easy to look up like, how can I be more productive? And we find maybe a discipline or a, a methodology or an approach that seems helpful. And it seems like that's the one thing we should always do. But what I found in my life is I've had to approach productivity differently, especially in different seasons, to really make it work well. The way I structure my weeks and use my time in one season can vary in another season because, you know, I might be in a in a ramp up season and trying to launch a new program or work on a project or accomplish something in my home. And so that those needs that I have in that time are very different from a season where I might find myself actually doing more maintenance and not so much build up, right? And whether that's in my work or whether that's in my home or both. And so all that said, I want to really walk you through a few different creative ways to structure your week and how you can think about when to use these and how to use them based on your needs in a different season or even week to week. So let's dive into it. Bunch of different ways to structure your week based on your needs. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Okay, so like I said, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to walk you through some creative ways to structure your week, a couple simple ways that 
will allow you to have both structure and flexibility. If you're anything like me, you probably need both. I think sometimes, and the reason I really want to share these with you is we can get so stuck on the structure and, and the you know Pinterest pins that tell you to have 17,000 activities in your morning to have a, a helpful and effective morning routine. And I've tried all that. Trust me. I feel like I've tried every productivity hack in the book. And I feel like a lot of them just feel like too much and I'm not able to stick to things well. So before I get into the different ways you can structure and schedule and kind of plan out how you're going to spend your time and your weeks, I first want to share a few things that I think should remain as unchanging or as consistent as possible. Now, I try to be as grace-based with this as possible, where you stick to it 80 to 85% of the time. If 10 to 15% of the time, you've got to give yourself a little grace because life happens or you are traveling and you get home late and you need to sleep in and you know forego your morning routine or whatever that looks like, I think we need to allow ourselves to be human in the process while trying to make it our goal to stick to something 80 to 85% as well. Now, that might sound kind of lazy, like, hey, if you're not going 100%, don't go at all. But the reality is we need to also be realistic with ourselves because if we put this 100% 24-7 expectation on us all the time when it comes to our routines and our disciplines, etc., what can start to happen is we set this unrealistic expectation naturally, we may find ourselves in a circumstance where we can't meet it exactly how we want. And then either we get excessive or obsessive about it and we start to overly control our time and our lives to the point at which we're not even living, or we go to the opposite end of the spectrum and we say, you know what, forget it. I'm over it. And we give it up altogether. So that's why I say in a lot of the things that we do when we're thinking about stewardship and stewarding our lives, our time, our finances, everything well, it really boils down to, can I do this 85% of the way? I actually got this principle and it really has started to influence a lot of what I do um, when it comes to time management from a book I read called Woman Code. And it was talking about the subject of eating organically, right? seems totally unrelated, but she made a really good point because she said, there's actually an eating disorder where we can become obsessed about eating organically, like when we're trying to eat clean, that we almost get into this like disorderly relationship with food and don't even allow ourselves to touch something if it's not organic, right? And so she walked it, walked the reader or myself, you know, as the reader through how that can work. And so her encouragement was, hey, your body can handle if you don't do this to a T 100% of the time, perfectly flawlessly, if you can do it about 85% of the time, your body can make up for that remaining 10 to 15%. And so that is, really allows you to remain disciplined, be as, as you know strong and consistent as you can while allowing a little bit of room for flexibility and grace. And so I want to apply that same principle to how we are building morning routines, how we are structuring our weeks and doing these different things. So all that said, that's why I say there needs to be a couple of things before we get into the few different ways we could consider structuring our week and our schedules. I want to get into a few things that we can try to keep as unchanging or consistent as possible, at least, you know, 85 or so percent of the time. So the first thing I would say is a morning routine. Now, I get a lot of questions about how do you create a morning routine? You know what I do? (laughs) I decided to forego all of the cutesy Instagram, Pinterest pins with all of the tips and 17,000 things you need to do in the morning. And I decided, you know what? I don't, that all sounds great. But if I have like 10 things to do every morning, if I have to get up, make my bed, go for a run, shower, read my Bible for an hour, clean my kitchen, just give my car detailing while I'm at it and go on and on and do all these things, it begins to feel like after five days, I kind of burn out on it, right? Or when they're when I accidentally sleep oversleep one day and I get into these routines and, or I'm trying to maintain my routines, but I only have 30 minutes when normally I would have an hour, I end up not even following through on it and then I get really discouraged. So here's how I like to think about morning routines. I like to think of about two things that I will do consistently. Now, this does not include the basic things of like 
brush your teeth, take a shower, right? Like I try to think of like that as a pretty regular thing, but sometimes I shower in the evenings. Some people love to shower every morning, but it really depends. And so, or, you know, wash their hair every morning or whatever. It's it's a more personal preference. But when I think of my morning routine, I like to think of maybe two, maybe three things, but I like to stick to about two things that I can commit to doing consistently. So if it's every morning I wake up and I move my body and I read for 20 minutes, great. If it's every morning I wake up and I, um, you know, move my body and make like a clean, healthy breakfast. And those are the two things. It's not to say that I'm not going to do those things anyway. But the goal is when you think about your goals and the things you're working toward, if you're working toward a health goal, okay, or if you're working toward just stewarding your health, then maybe it is a one thing that has to do with physical activity and one thing that has to do with mental health, right? One to two, maybe three simple things that you can commit to doing every morning. That's not going to take you a really long time. So what I like to do is it varies by season and it varies by my needs and everything in my life going on. So I try to be flexible with my morning routine so long as I keep at least two things that I do consistently for an extended period of time in a row or extended extended amount of days in a row. That's a better way to say it. So for example, right now, what I try to do every morning is I try to get up by a certain hour and make sure that I spend at least 10 to 15 minutes reading the Bible. I don't spend an hour with coffee. Like I don't have that kind of time in my life, but I take, and, and there are days where I will do that on the weekends and whatnot, but I really go, you know what, if I can just manage to be consistent about 10 minutes, that's better than nothing. So I do that. And then I either Again, it depends, but that's like my one core consistent thing. Then I I allow the second thing to be a little bit flexible. Either I work out or I clean up any clutter that needs to be cleaned up in my living environment. So I kind of swap between those two. So you can have this like kind of flexible way. Obviously, I brush my teeth. Obviously, I make my bed. Like those are things I just basic do. So if, if it's not basic and just intuitive for you to naturally just make your bed when you wake up, then include that in your morning routine. When you wake up, you make your bed and you read your Bible for 10 minutes or something that simple. For me, I said some mornings I want to move my body and other mornings I want to clean because I like to work out in the evening sometimes based off of how hard my workout was the day before and how sore I am. And so I I mix it up a little bit and that can work, but you could also just say, I'm going to read my Bible or I'm going to do 10 minutes of quiet time and I'm going to move my body for 20 minutes and I'm going to have a half hour of time dedicated to just me time before. And these are the things you do before you touch your device, right? Like that's the best way to think of it. Any computers, phones, anything like that. So for me in this season, it's looked like I take about 15, 10 to 15 minutes of reading and quiet time. And then the, the remaining, you know, 20, 25 minutes that I have set aside, I either move my body, or I clean up anything that I feel like needs to be cleaned up in the house, any clutter, anything I want to, you know, any anything that I want to do. So those are just, that's just a very grace-based, flexible, but still has some consistency in my approach when it comes to a morning routine. You can do something similar. Then I also try to establish like a bedtime routine. Again, this isn't 17 things. Like I do a face mask and then I put cucumbers on my eyes and then I take a long hot shower and then I do this, this, and this. Honestly, for I would say about five months straight, especially after my second loss, nighttime was really hard for me. Like winding my brain down, I felt like I just kept feeling like I almost had like some trauma in my brain. Worked through this with a therapist, don't worry. But I I felt like every time I tried to lay down to go to sleep, I kept seeing myself falling at like falling asleep in the operating room where I had to have a pretty invasive surgery. And so I kept like having a really hard time with my with my sleeping. 
And so after a few few weeks of noticing that, I decided, you know what, I need to do something that helps me calm down in the evening. So I developed this bedtime routine and it was just one thing that I did every night. And then I eventually added a second thing. So what that was, was for several months in a row, I would take a hot or warm shower at night with a glass of ice water. <laughs> I know that seemed weird, but it was just something to relax me. A lot of times I had already taken a shower that day, so I wasn't washing my hair every time or anything, but it was just like a standing in the hot water putting some music on, unwinding, drinking a nice cup of hot water. I don't know. I've heard of cold water, not hot water. And just taking 15 to 20 minutes to myself. I did that literally every single night, like clockwork for months. And I still do it pretty regularly. It's kind of one of the optional pieces to my evening routine now because I don't feel like I need it quite so much. But for several months, that was so helpful for me to turn off my brain and kind of, I put my phone down. And as soon as I started the shower, I didn't touch my phone again through the end of the night. Sometimes I would add in reading for about 10 minutes, but it was the main focus was taking a warm shower. That was my evening routine. Simple as that. Now I feel like it's kind of swapped to where my evening routine is actually reading about 10, 15 minutes before I go to bed as well. Getting my brain kind of taken off of work, taken off of all the things from the day, talking with my husband, kind of unplugging. So about an hour before bed, I put my phone away, don't touch it. And I read at least for 15 minutes. Sometimes I read the whole hour. That's the one single commitment I do every night before bed. I kind of switch it from the shower to the reading. Occasionally, I will still take my warm shower in the evenings. But if whatever that looks like for you, I would say start with one thing. So going back to the beginning of this conversation about unchanging or consistent things as much as humanly possible, a morning routine with about two commitments at a maximum to begin with outside of the basic things of like brush your teeth and put your clothes on, right? Okay. So Try to stick to something as consistent or as simple as that consistently, as well as something as simple as one thing that you could do every evening before bed. If you feel comfortable, add in a second, maybe slightly optional thing. That's kind of how I view routines at this point. It allows it to develop this consistently. and You can always add to it. But when you try to start with five different things that you're going to check off every single morning, it's not going to be very sustainable if you start there. Okay. So keep these simple and stickable (laughs) is what I call them. Then the one other relatively unchanging and consistent thing that I want you to do as regularly as possible, this is something that's been really helpful for me, is to have a weekly power hour. So it doesn't have to last a whole hour. Sometimes it only takes me 12 minutes and sometimes it takes me 42 minutes and sometimes it takes a whole hour. But I like to sit down on a Sunday, whether before bed or in the morning, whatever time I find that I have a little window of time open and I sit down and I map out my week. I look at what's already on my schedule. I map out and add anything else that I want to make sure that I have time for. And I really map out how I'm going to live that week. I think about my meals. I think about how am I going to nourish my body. And it's not super regimented. It's just, let me get an overview so that each day doesn't come up as a surprise. I have a little bit of expectation of how I'm going to navigate this day based on that day's commitments and what needs to be done. Okay. So I would really recommend every Sunday or Saturday, just one day on the weekend before the week really starts to take a Sunday power hour, to take 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever you need for yourself to look ahead to your week and map it out. Okay. So those are the three things I would say that should be relatively consistent and unchanging and and can be pretty manageable, even if you already have a pretty full load and busy schedule. From there, let me give you a few different options of ways that I would recommend structuring structuring your week and using this as a guide when you're planning and scheduling and doing all the things we do. So first thing I would say, first option, option number one would be to schedule and build your week around anchor times. I don't know if you've ever heard of anchor times. Um, This is a principle a friend shared with me, um, and I've really found it to be very helpful. So the best way to use it is 
it, or the best time to use it would be in busy seasons where you find that you need both consistency, but also flexibility. Maybe you find yourself in a season of work or family life or both that really you're craving some sort of consistency and reliability in your day to, in your day to day, but you need windows of time that allow for flexibility because you know the unexpected pops up or, you know, your work schedule slightly unpredictable, things like that. So here's what I would say how this works, and here's how you can make this work really easily. Choose a handful of consistent times or anchor times. They are literally exactly what they sound like. They anchor your day, okay? They help you kind of ground your day, even if there's a mil- even if every day looks different. If you work a job or you have a personal life where every day looks relatively different, like my own, <laughs> um, anchor times can be really helpful to building in some sort of structure while still allowing room for that flexibility. So you'll choose a handful of consistent times where you'll do certain things each day of the week, at the same time every day. Okay. So for example, this is usually a, f- a few things like wake up, eat lunch, eat dinner, work out and go to bed. Those are usually the five things. And you could even dis- exclude working out if you'd like. So you could just use the anchor times of wake up, lunch, dinner and bed. Okay. So for example, you could make it a goal that you wake up every morning at 8am, you eat lunch every day at 12pm, you make dinner between five and six, and then you go to bed at 10.30 or between 10.30 and 11. And you can even set ranges. So it doesn't have to be at 8 a.m. I wake up. Like you're not a robot, right? Sometimes you might wake up at 8.06. It's okay. So actually building that into your schedule. It's the same principle when you're creating a budget. Create a budget not to be limiting, but to actually just make sure that you know where your money's going and allowing allowing for that money to go to places that you'd already be spending it anyways or that you, um, you know, not not cutting out all things that you enjoy, at least not for very long, Okay. So same thing with with your time. When it comes to waking up, maybe you say, I wake up every morning between 7.30 and 8, and 8's kind of the cutoff, and I want to try my very best to stick to that as much as possible. You're giving yourself a range. So if you set your alarm for 7.40 in the morning, you've got that 20-minute wiggle room window to kind of slowly get up and around, right? Same with lunch. Maybe you say, between 12 and 1, I eat lunch every day. As long as it's within that hour window, I'm good. It's not like you have to eat lunch at 12 o'clock on the dot, right? Same with dinner. And what's nice is if you can set this as an expectation, especially with your family or your spouse, it's an expectation in your household that's not a huge time commitment, but that really everyone kind of sets aside as this is the time we come together at the end of the day. So maybe you say between five and six o'clock is when we eat dinner. So just don't plan anything between five and six o'clock, right? And Or maybe it's six and seven for you or whatever that looks like. But having a relatively consistent hour is not only good for your connection and your relationships and your own brain to have these like rhythms, it's also actually healthy for your body if you eat at rel- relatively consistent times as consistently as possible. Um, and then with, when, with going to bed, it's not that you have to go, my bedtime is 1030, like you're not 12, right? So when it comes to having a structure and sticking to an anchor time, again, you can have it as an hour. Like I try to be in bed by 11 o'clock at night or between 1030 and 11. You have a little bit of flexibility there, but there's still that anchoring so your body can stay on rhythms. That's really healthy for your body and for your brain. So structuring your week with something like that can be really good. And this can work best if you do it for, you know, at least three to four weeks. I wouldn't recommend setting anchor times one week and then blowing them off the next week and then the next week and then the fourth week adding them back in. Try to do it for about a month and see how you like this. Before you add in any other ways to structure your week, just start with something as simple as adding in some anchor times. Okay, so that's option number one. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next and I stayed on budget. 
Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Option number two, and this is a little bit more involved, but it's also really helpful. This is to use time blocking in your calendar. Okay. So when you could use this is when you have different projects to get done or you're working from home, or even if you have team members or an assistant scheduling meetings for you, especially if you need to do both deep and creative work as well as kind of menial tasks and some little things. And so this can work really well, especially if you want, if you like color coding and you like seeing everything laid out really clearly. I personally enjoy color coding because it's fun. Um, and it also is really helpful for my brain to associate tasks with colors, such as creative time, like book writing time. I always try to block out in yellow as consistently as possible in my calendar. Um, personal events like doctor's appointments and stuff, I like to see in green. It helps me see how my calendar's laid out. Like, oh, that's my creative window. And then, then I have a green. Okay, I have a doctor appointment. Oh, okay. Then I have a block of meetings and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I like to do it that way as much as possible. This has been a really helpful tool for me, especially in different seasons that call for a mix of a lot of different things. And so anyways, for example, you might say Monday through Friday, 
every day this week from 9 to 11 a.m. is blocked off for a project that you're working on. Maybe you're trying to build a program. Maybe you're trying to finalize a project for a client that your company has hired and you're working on, or maybe you yourself are serving or something like that. So maybe 9 to 11 is blocked off for you're starting your day, putting all of that fresh brain energy into a project that you're trying to get done every day, Monday through Friday this week, or every day, Monday through Wednesday, Thursday, you have a grace period because you're traveling for something. And then Friday, you get back at it, like do it as consistently as possible. So maybe you block off something like that, a two to three hour window for that type of work. Then you might put a little block for your lunch hour. And then you might say, okay, from two to four, I'm blocking that off every day, Monday through Friday for meetings, so that your assistant knows I can schedule her, you know, meetings between two and four o'clock. Her, our administrative team meetings can be in that window, or maybe it's one and four o'clock or something like that it doesn't have to be two and four, but you're blocking out two hours or three hours where you're open for meetings and correspondence type work. Okay. And then maybe every evening, if you are involved in some sort of, you know, I don't know whether it's intramural league or church group or soccer club or something like that. You can block off one hour every evening, seven to eight and block it off for that specific thing, soccer practice, yoga, et cetera. What I like about this method is that it really allows you to communicate to others that you might work with when they schedule meetings for you or when you're available to hop on Zoom calls or do the other things that you may need to do. And this also allows you to batch work. This is great for entrepreneurs or those of you who may be in a space where, you know, you have big projects and tasks to get done, or you need to create a lot of, you know, maybe you are copywriting for your boss, or you need to write a bunch of marketing emails, or I don't know, I'm just coming up with ideas. But my point is, this is great for batch working and doing deep work, because you can block off a window of time and say, this is when I'm undisturbed. This is when my phone goes on airplane mode. This is when I'm really pouring into this project and when I'm really getting ahead on things for the future. So if you need to really get ahead on some things, maybe even block doing time blocking for a week or two while you're trying to get ahead on a project or prepare some material for the future can be really, really helpful. So just something to consider. Okay, the third option is to actually use these two methods together to to pair both time blocking and anchor times. And this is personally my favorite way to do it. I try to do it this way as consistently as possible. Um, Again, some seasons don't allow for it if it's like you're traveling a lot and life is upside down. But as much as possible, I really do like to pair anchor times with time blocking. So the way this can really work is you start with your anchor times like, okay, I know I'm gonna wake up at this time consistently every morning, I'm gonna eat lunch at this time consistently every day, I'm gonna clock out and eat dinner at this time every day, and I'm gonna go to bed at this time. So basically, you have two windows when it comes to work specifically, and then you have a one window. Well, I guess it depends on your life. If you are a stay-at-home mom, then you have multiple windows that are all kind of home and personal related. Whereas if you are working, and you're a working woman, and that's what your work looks like. You have really two windows in the morning and the afternoon that are kind of set aside for work, and then a window in the in the evening between dinner and or you know dinner and um, bedtime. So for your personal life. So the way that this can really work is using your anchor times to anchor your day. And then in between those anchor times, such as breakfast or waking up, whatever that is at 8am. So you might say, okay, so in between that anchor time and my lunch hour from nine to 12, I'm going to block this, you know, window out or this block of time out every day, Monday through Friday this week. So I can get ahead on this project that I'm working on and this big, you know, goal that I'm working toward. So that would be a way to include block time blocks within the anchor time schedule. And you might even block off, okay, and then I'm going to block the afternoon hours from one o'clock after I finish my lunch to five o'clock when I clock out for 
tasks, right? Things that are a little bit less heavy and don't require so much brain power in terms, like a little bit more of those, me- um, like the correspondence, emails, meetings, things like that, where you don't have to necessarily do deep work or work on a project, but you have these other uh, outlying, uh, outlying, is that the word? <laughs> um, these uh, other ancillary tasks and things you need to get done. So that might be reserved for the block in the afternoon. And then your block between dinner and bedtime may be uh, Bible study and or, you know, I don't know, cooking class or book club or Pilates or whatever you do in the evenings. And you could block that out for like personal time. So maybe Monday night is that personal time block is date night. Tuesday might be Pilates class. Wednesday personal block might be Bible study. Thursday personal block might just be left open in case a friend says, hey, you guys want to go out and grab a movie or grab a drink or whatever. So you leave that open or maybe you leave that on Friday. But the idea is use some of these blocks so that you can think of your days in segments rather than just as ever never ending to do lists. Okay, so that's a way you can kind of use those two together. The fourth option would be to structure your week based on priority or goal based um based on your priorities, your goals. So a goal-based structure of your week would be to use um, a methodology. There's a professor that taught this where, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but rocks, pebbles, and sand. And he was talking about it in the, uh, the original example of this when it comes to filling. If you look at your life as a jar and then you fill it with rocks as much as possible, then you fill in the gaps with pebbles and then any leftover gaps are filled with sand. That's kind of a way to think of your priorities in life. So basically the rocks signify the most important things in your life, your relationships, your family and friends, things like that. Your The pebbles were meant to represent the second second most important things in your life, such as work and school. And then the sand is, is the remaining small stuff, like um, stuff that you own, materials, etc. So all of that in mind, I want to apply that same principle to the things we have to do in our weeks. So we could think of rocks in this example in the way that you might structure your week in terms of both personal and professional most important things. So maybe it is spending time with your spouse and building your marriage as well as um, in your personal life. And then in your professional life, maybe a rock is really nailing this project for a client or for your boss or whatever. Okay. Then pebbles are those smaller goals or projects like that might be your, you know, your recurring work. It would be things like reviewing work that you have to do, meetings, things that you can't really escape. They're a part of your daily life, um, but they're not necessarily like big, huge goals you're working toward. Okay. They're not like the pressing, most important time sensitive things. And then you can think of that in terms of what are the pebbles in my personal life? What are the pebbles in my professional life? The sand would be more of those tedious, smaller, time-consuming tasks and and things to do that are important, but not, you know, they support the whole is how I would see it. So they fill in the gaps. They're important, but they're not the most important thing in life. So when you think of the original example where sand signifies material possessions, things that are not your top priority, if you think of it in terms of work and what you have to do, what are the things that are maybe not your top priority? It could be emails or social media aspects that are important and that can be time consuming and have a place, but are not your top priority, right? So when you could use this is any time that you have some really big goals to achieve, but find that you're constantly distracted by the sand, that you're constantly being pulled by one notification after another in all these different directions. And so the way this works is to first identify your rocks for the upcoming week and then block, basically block those out first, right? And, it, and what I mean by that is schedule them, schedule time to work on that and to focus on that into your calendar, both personally and professionally. So if your rocks in your life are this big project you need to get done, for me, that might 
might be uh, working on my book manuscript and finishing it by a certain day. And if in your personal life, your priority is spending time with your mom because she's been sick or um, really going, you know, investing in your marriage, maybe going to marriage counseling and doing a date night or things like that, then you want to say, okay, those are the top priorities. So I need to build my schedule around those things. Those get precedent. Any remaining gaps of time that I have is where I'll fill in those other things like meetings and emails and these more ancillary supportive things, but not the most important things. And so take some time to think through, okay, what are my top priorities of either what I need to accomplish this week or in my personal life this week that need to be tended to? Schedule those into your calendar first. Build your date night in, build your counseling meeting in, build your, um, maybe you have a really big uh, health diagnosis you're trying to work through. So maybe scheduling your doctor's appointments first, because those are actually a priority because it's a pressing issue. And then maybe any time that you want to spend working on a project that has a deadline. Okay, so that would be your first priorities, things you need to build the rest of your schedule around. Then identify your pebbles. Those are those smaller work projects or tasks that need to get done, but don't take so much time and have a little bit more flexibility. Meetings are a really great example of this. So this is where you can say, okay, now that I've scheduled in these priorities and I know what times and where I'm doing those, now I'm going to say, let me add in um, my meetings around this. I'm going to make sure that I schedule any meetings that come up around these priorities, right? And then lastly, sand. So these are the tedious tasks that won't go away week to week, but can become a huge distraction and really take away from the rocks if you don't schedule it appropriately and you don't have this order of priorities in mind. So this is email, laundry, social media, these random things that you're just like, oh, I noticed that there's laundry on the floor. I should pick that up, right? Or, oh, I just got a notification from so-and-so and I need to respond via DM. Like if you don't have a system, that's where it can become like everything that's a distraction owns you rather than you really owning it. So with that in mind, that's really how you can say, let me schedule my week by order of priority and be goal-based so that my most important priorities and goals are taken care of and prioritized in how I'm spending my time. And then I can build the other things and maybe just build in one small window. What if you only checked your email and social media? at 11 a.m. right before lunch and at 4 p.m. right before you got done with your day? Or what if you only checked it in the evenings or once in the morning, once in the evenings? Like what if you started to actually look like schedule that into your plan? Because what I think I've found and I'm guilty of this too, trust me, there's times where I just get sucked into social media and I just pick it up every 20 minutes. I need a distraction. So this isn't from a perspective of I've totally figured this out, but there have definitely been times where I'm like, I've got to be more disciplined with this because I need to get X, Y, and Z done and et cetera, et cetera. And I've been able to by scheduling in the time that I'm willing to go on social media. I've really learned that less is more. Less is truly more. And so sometimes it's better to say, you know what, these two days, I'm going to just check social media right before I clock out for the day or right around dinner time when I have some downtime right before dinner time. And that's really all I'm going to do. I might pop on and share a couple things, but that's all I'm going to do. And then I'll pick it back up a little bit more consistently on Wednesday. So when you look at your schedule, consider, wait, what are those things that are sand that I wouldn't think to normally schedule in and that I end up just kind of fitting in where I think of it or in the middle of when I'm trying to work on a task. And so therefore it disrupts my my ability to really prioritize that. I pick up my phone and start emailing someone while I'm at coffee with my friend or while I'm at counseling with my husband, or I end up, um, you know, grabbing social media or trying to sneak in some laundry while I should be enjoying my lunch. And we begin to live these very scatterbrained type lives. And not that that's bad all the time. You know, I think there's, again, the grace-based approach, but if that's consistently how we're living day after day after day after day, it's really taking away from the time we could be spending 
really investing in a relationship, really investing in the project we're working on. So I think we owe it to ourselves to give that a little bit of a boundary and to schedule in the time. And when we see it on the schedule, we're much more likely to say, okay, that's my time to catch up on DMs, to catch up on emails, to catch up on these distracting things, rather than just picking it up in the middle of my time blocked window for writing. Okay. The last thing I would say, the last option would be to try a blend of all these things. So the way you could do this is first set your anchor times, decide what those will be, maybe start with four, wake up, lunch, dinner, bed, that's it. So set those anchor times, then consider your rocks, your pebbles and your sand for the week. Okay. Then once you have those in your brain, make sure that your rocks get top priority and set blocks between your anchor times for the rocks first, then follow that same principle and set blocks for your pebbles, such as your meetings or any of those types of things. And then for sand. So when will you check your email? When will you check, you know, social media? Give that a designated block, right? So that's just one way you can utilize all three of these methods. First, the time or um, the anchor times. The second would be time blocking. The third would be to use a hybrid of just those two. The fourth would be a goal-based or priority-based way to schedule. And then the fifth would be to actually combine all three of those methods into one rather than just one or the other combining two of them. So that's how I would see it. Again, some months or some weeks, I do one, two, or all three of these really depending on my needs. So it varies. And that's why I say having that Sunday power hour that I mentioned in the beginning is so important because you can look ahead to your week and say, okay, how do I need to do it? What are What's upcoming? Do I need to have some time to batch some work this week or to really do some deep work? Yes. Okay. Then I need to use this structuring tool or this approach to really make sure that that is going to work for me. Lastly, last thing I want to say is if you want to learn how to do this, if you want to learn how to actually use time blocking in your Google Calendar and to make that all look cohesive, if you want to learn a little bit more about anchor times and even how to plan how you're going to nourish your body and eat well throughout the week, if you are a busy, hardworking, go-getter, <laughs> busy bee like me, um, I have a free course. It's a free mini course. It's literally three videos. It's not a lot of work. It's going to take you 30 minutes to get through. Um, but it's a free mini course. It's the own your everyday way is what we call it. And it's just a breakdown of how to pick your anchor times most strategically, how to actually build this into a calendar, like the tech backside of it and how you can really set that up digitally so you have an easy way to access it at all times. And then additionally, I added a piece on how I prepare for the week once I set my Sunday power hour and I start scheduling all this stuff out, how I plan to really eat well without necessarily meal prepping because that sounds super boring and I never want to see chicken and green beans and Tupperware ever again. That I tried that once. It was a terrible experience. Um, so anyways, if that sounds interesting to you or you just want to be able to dive deeper into this and actually get some of the hows, like I've kind of given you an overview of the ways that you can do it and some ideas on when to use these. But if you want to know like how do I actually build a time blocking schedule? What does that look like? How can I use color coding effectively? How do I do this in a way that's super manageable, you know, structured but flexible? I dive into more of those details and the how-to in the actual mini course. So go to learn.theownedacount academy.com slash OYE. We'll link it in the show notes as well if you want to see, but free course, free training on how to do each one of these steps. I've used these methods. I consistently use them pretty regularly. It Again, like I said, very season to season on how specifically I use or which method I use, but it works really well. And it's helped me remain a lot more focused, um, especially when life is crazy and busy and I have a lot on my plate. It helps me prioritize, helps me keep my head on straight and helps me really get things done. So that's all I have for you. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't, make sure that you drop a rating or review and hit the subscribe button and I will chat with you next week. 
I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Anything less.